Beautiful. Amen. You can be seated. Good to see you guys today. Everybody doing good? Awesome. Hey, we're in a series of uh, messages uh, called Beyond, and um, the concept is built out of Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21, which says, Now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond, everybody say beyond, all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church, in Christ Jesus, and to all generations forever and ever. Amen. And I think uh, from this passage, uh, it's one of the better passages for sure, but I think throughout the Bible we uh, get the idea and understand that uh, God, our God, is a big God. Uh, He's exceeding, He's abundant, He's beyond, He's big, He's a big God. And I think what's easy to do is to shrink God to your past experience uh, rather than enlarge your view of the future to God's greatness. And so, uh, you know, you and I have had our experiences, and we know what we know, but we also don't know what we don't know. And uh, there are people that are, are doing extraordinarily better or more than we are. Uh, they've opened their heart in a bigger way to allow God to work in their life. And whatever you've experienced to this point is, is not all there is to experience, right? There, there's, there's more. Everybody say, there's more. There's more. God can take you beyond where you are right now. So his glory, this passage tells us, his greatness, his bigness is tied to his church, Um, it's tied to Christ Jesus, and it's tied to all the generations. So it's not just a one-generation thing, it's a multi-generation thing. We've been talking about this idea that within this generation of our church, in other words, the rock church that exists today, this generation, there's actually probably about five generations in our church. There are people who are old enough to be my parents uh, in our church. There are people that I'm old enough to be their parent. There's 20-year-olds. There's, there's babies. And, and God's greatness is greater than just one generation. Every generation has its you know, uniqueness for sure, but we're all one generation serving together. So the big idea that, uh, that we're pursuing is this. God gives his exceeding abundant beyond uh, to enable us to go beyond just our own maintenance. He's interested in the next generation. He's interested in purpose. He's interested in doing something that reaches beyond just you and I uh, going to work you know, filling the car with gas, uh, cutting the grass, doing some stuff around the house and doing that week after week, just survival, just maintenance. Your life is here for a mission, for a purpose. God wants to use you, and God is bigger than just your maintenance. Um, and, and we have to start thinking 
beyond just our maintenance. Because what a small way to live, to think God just wants to give, bless me enough to pay my rent. Maybe he wants to bless you enough to pay somebody else's rent. You know, uh, that God just wants, you know, just give me a cabin in the corner of glory kind of mentality. Just God, just provide a car for me. How about me helping somebody else get a car? How about me doing something that reaches beyond myself? So there's a value that we have in our church that uh, ties in with this. It's, it's this value. We are fishing in the ocean and not just maintaining an aquarium. How I many you know uh, church can become an aquarium, right? We're taking care of the people who are just the people who are in church, and we should be taking care of people in church. Um, but the truth is we're not just here to save your seat. <laughs> uh, right? I mean, we've heard stories. There, there's people who've walked in the churches in North Carolina uh, that uh, have uh, actually saw somebody sitting in their seat and bit them on the ear. <laughs> don't do that here, okay? Don't do that. That's, that's not what we want to do. But I think sometimes church can degenerate into, uh, let's keep the aquarium clean. Let's keep the aquarium together. And I hope all of us would be honest enough to recognize that so can your life. Just degenerate into, I just got to keep the aquarium together. <laughs> I got to hold it together. But God's got so much more than just your life being held together. He has purpose. And his, his exceeding above, beyond is for purpose, for the church, for Christ Jesus, for all generations. So I want to read a, a story, and I kind of want to walk through. This is a fishing story. We're talking about uh, fishing in the ocean. And I think there's some truth in this story that can help uh, our church. But also, I believe these truths can help you as well in whatever is going on in your world, whether it's your family, whether it's business, whether it's career, whether it's personal dreams or aspirations. So Luke chapter 5, uh, starting in verse 1, it says, on one occasion, Jesus was preaching to the crowds on the shore of Lake Galilee. There was a vast multitude of people pushing to get close to Jesus to hear the word of God. He noticed two fishing boats at the water's edge with the fishermen nearby rinsing their boat, their nets. Jesus climbed into the boat belonging to Simon Peter and asked him, let me use your boat. Let me use your business. Push it off a short distance away from the shore so I can speak to the crowds. Now, this story is going to develop, and we're going to see that, uh, that they're going to catch this enormous um, catch of fish. But I want to make a, a, a point out of this, and that is this. Jesus will bless any platform we give to him. Jesus will bless any. They let Jesus use their boat. They let Jesus, they're fishermen. He let them use their platform to preach from. And I'm going to encourage you today to let Jesus use your boat. In other words, that you, you flip it around and understand that 
you're not just a, a doctor who happens to be a Christian or an engineer who happens to be a Christian or a construction worker that happens to be a Christian, but, but you, in fact, are a Christian who just happens to have a business of being an engineer, and you're using your platform for Jesus to be glorified. If we will let Jesus use our boat, Jesus use our platform as a, as, a, as a place for his cause, then he blesses their business. I've always been um, captured by the idea of Chick-fil-A. Anybody like Chick-fil-A? Come on. We all like Chick-fil-A. And uh, we all kind of hate the fact that it's closed on Sundays, except for the fact that it's such a strong witness that they, they put God first. And not only on the, the fact that they're closed on Sundays, but you can walk into a Chick-fil-A almost anywhere. You're going to hear Christian music playing. And, you know, they've taken a, a strong stand for Christian values as a business. Chick-fil-A um, pulls together almost $8 billion a year taking Sundays off. You can take Sunday off, right? In other words, you can make space in your world for God and putting him first. And, uh, and, and I, I, think, I think even this idea of, of letting Jesus use everything that you have as a platform for him declaring his truth. I want to encourage you today. You have a family. We prayed for families today. You have a family. Uh, why don't you give your family to Jesus for that your family to be a platform to glorify him? Bring your kids along for the journey of serving Jesus. Don't let people... It amazes me that there are people who actually pray that God will give them kids, and once the kids come, the kids steal all the attention, and they can't make it to church anymore. The very kids that they ask God to give them, now, now or, or people allow their kids' involvement in a sports program to keep them out of the house of God, I'm just saying, if, if Chick-fil-A can pull in 8 million, keeping a day sacred, so can you and I. And you might be saying, oh, Pastor, holy cow, what are, you, what are you doing? I'm saying, let's put God first. I'm saying, let's God use our family. Uh, I'm, I, I think it's a wrong modeling to our kids to, to let them think, well, your softball team is more important than church. Well, I could tell this is blessing almost everybody. <laughs> I, I follow Brooke Frazier, Brooke like, liked her wood on, uh, she's a part of the Hillsong worship team, and she's on tour uh, right now with her two babies on a bus, tour bus. One of them's about two, one of them's not even walking yet, not even crawling yet. 
And she doesn't use her babies as an excuse. It, it amazes me when people go, you know, well, one of the kids has a sniffle, so we all need to stay home. Really, everybody needs to stay home? Well, that's enough of that one. I'm going to let that one go. I'm just going to let that one go. Thank you for letting me vent for just a moment. But it is the truth. Luke 5, verse 4, the story continues. Jesus sat down, taught the people from the boat. When he had finished, he said to Peter, Now row out to deep water to cast your nets, plural, and you'll have a great catch. Second thing I want to say is this. You can't stay in the shallow waters and have a great catch. You got to launch out away from the kiddie pool in order to have a great catch. You got to let down your nets, plural. And uh, there's a couple of passages that I really love. Ecclesiastes 11, uh, verse 1 and 2. Cast your bread on the surface of the waters. You'll find it again after many days. Divide your portion to seven or even to eight. In other words, don't put all your eggs in one basket, for you don't know what misfortune or what blessing may occur on the earth. Uh, verse 6, Ecclesiastes, sow your seed in the morning, don't be idle in the evening, for you don't know whether morning or evening sowing will succeed or whether both of them alike will be good. I like this idea, to understand that, hey, listen, you don't know what's going to work, one net out might work, two nets out, three nets out. One idea might work, one idea might not work. But I'm just going to keep sewing. I'm going to keep putting the nets out. Everything is an experiment. So I want to talk to you about a couple of the nets that we're going to put out this year uh, as, as a rock church. So the, the first net I want to talk about is the net of our new expanded lobby. Uh, so I just first want to say thank you to everyone who leaned in to help us uh, build this lobby and to expand our lobby. Thank you so much. And I want you to, to know that we're almost done. We're still working through the last bit of details on it, but we're nowhere near finished actually paying for it. So it's a, it's a million dollar plus uh, job and this uh, Sunday coming, we're having what we have on the first Sunday, uh, first of May, every year, our Endeavor Spring Offering. This is a time where we're asking our church family to lean in, to pray, uh, to bring the best offering they possibly can, and to bring a commit for the month. And you'll see the rest of the nets that we have that, uh, that need to be resourced and funded. So this year, we're just asking everybody in our church to own this day. This is not the time for our church to go, oh, we're done. We built a lobby. No, this is our time to lean in and recognize there's still lots of people that need to be touched, lots of lives that need to be saved, lots of great things we can do for the glory of God. I asked Suzette the other day, I said, hey, what are you thinking about for our Endeavor offering? She said, let's do something better than we've ever done before. I said, all right, let's do it. So we're leaning in in the best way that we possibly can, and I'm asking you to do the same thing. We're asking our kids. Uh, we got our little bitty kids. They're collecting money uh, change in one of these little piggy banks, and we're trying to teach our kids 
that they are one of the generations that is sowing into the inheritance of the house of God, that we're not just paying their way completely, but they have a chance to be a part of something that's greater than just them. That's an adult thing to learn. We've got our teenagers. Uh, they have teams that are kind of competing against each other, and they're going to be bringing their best offerings. So families, I encourage you to talk to your kids about how to be a giver, how to be generous, how to sow in, and, uh, and let's just have a great uh, offering day next week. But, but really, the truth is, we don't, our lobby is not just there to be a cool space uh, for us to have a new cafe uh, upstairs, which we used to have a cafe upstairs, and it went downstairs, now it's back upstairs, everything comes around again. But we're going to cook hamburgers out there once winter finally gives up. Gee, money. We're going to serve coffee. We're going to be greeting people, connecting people. Security is needed, cleaning. So there's lots of work to be done to use that net for the glory of God. You could be a part of that. On June 1st, we're gonna, it's a Friday night. It's going to be low-key, but we're going to do a, an Endeavor Appreciation Night. Anybody that's involved in helping us with Endeavor, just an event to say thank you. Thank you for getting it. Thank you for understanding. Thank you for helping. Then June 3rd is a Sunday where we're going to have our expansion grand opening. And that's going to be a great day. So we're, we're looking forward to that. Net number two would be the net of serving our city. Now, we've always leaned into serving our city, but we're just feeling like we can do better. We can lean in in a better way, and we're going to ramp up uh, our service to our city. we got lots of great people in our church, lots of talented people, lots of generous people, lots of people who are actually Christians in our church that, like, want to be involved in making a difference. You know, those kind of Christians, right? And so we're here we're not here just to occupy space. We're here to make Asheville a better place, right? Jeremiah 29, 7 says, Seek the welfare of the city where I've sent you into exile. Think well of your city. Seek for its welfare. Even if you're stuck on traffic on 26, just think well of your city. Even when you're finding it hard to rent an apartment, think well of your city. Even when it's hard to buy a house, come on, God can make a way, right? Seek the welfare of the city where I've sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare, you will have welfare. So we're going to strengthen our connections with a lot of the relationships we already have. We're going to grow some new connections. Uh, we're very involved helping with rescue mission. We're going to grow that. Uh, Sand Hill School right down the road. We're going to keep growing our relationship with them. Trinity Place Cornerstone where they kind of pull in teenagers that have gone through tough family situations. Canton Community Kitchen, Veterans Quarter, ABCCM, Black Mountain Children's Home. In other words, there's a lot of places that are, that are helping people that need help. We, we can help. We can join forces with them. We can make a difference. We can create that net and make that net better. And then uh, coming in August, we're going to have a Love Asheville week. Everybody's going to have a chance to dive in. It's going to be exceptional. That's net number two. Net number three is the net of missions, overseas missions. What do you think about Dilcia Gamero? That's a strong 
story. Come on. Get saved in our church. Gets the vision. Is like doing incredible things for the glory of God. We're going to strengthen our connection with her. We're going to continue our work in Los Brasiles, uh, where we've been for a, well over a decade, two different locations, but God seems to be giving us Nicaragua, so we're going to keep pouring into it, right? We have teams that go to Romania. Uh, we're going to keep growing our partnership with Missions Me, uh, which is a great organization, had the massive outreach to Nicaragua of all places last year, going to Peru next year. We can be a part of that. We're going to keep digging freshwater wells. In other words, we're not just going to pour into our community. We're going to be like Jesus said. We're going to go into all the world and preach the gospel. It's another net. Let me just say this. I want to encourage every person who is in our church to get out of this country at least once in your lifetime. Some of you, we want you to come back. Stretch yourself, stretch your faith, stretch your heart by getting on one of these teams that is going out to make a difference in the nations. It will enlarge your world forever and will be so good for you. You're either going or you're sending, but we should be a part of reaching the nations. That number four is our rock groups. And, uh, and so we have small groups in our church. We have always had small groups. We're going to keep growing those, make them better. We've got a new uh, small group thing called Alpha, and the truth is what we're trying to do is help people who have made uh, either new decisions or new to our church to, to grow in their relationship with the Lord. Do you realize that this year, April's not even over. This is the last Sunday of April. We have had over 350 people Raise their hand at the end of a service and say, yes, I want to embrace Jesus as Lord of my life. Over 350 people. That is amazing. But we know that, that the point is not just having them have an emotional moment. We got to help them move forward in their relationship with God. We're going we're gonna to launch a new thing called Discover Freedom Groups. We're going to launch another new thing called Dinner Parties. So this is going to be the net of small groups. Come on, some of you guys have been a Christian for five years, 10 years, 20 years. You could open up your life to somebody. You can make a difference. For somebody's life. You could be involved in, in loving on somebody, discipling somebody, helping somebody. Net number five is the net of technology. Uh, I think any of us that has any awareness at all realizes that we have got to be strong online. A big part of the future is online. Toys R Us shutting down. Because the brick and mortar stores are shutting down left and right, and we got to be online, streaming our services. Uh, our website uh, needs to be strong, social media, an online campus for us. Uh, so, if, in other words, if you're technological, I can't even hardly say it. If you're technological, you've got a place to be in one of these nets and be a part of helping us move forward. Net number six for us this year is going to be, we're going to do something fun called Christmas Tour. Christmas Tour. 
So I think one of the best things that our church does and one of our best outreach events is uh, our Christmas Eve service. So it's, it's always fun. There's always people who actually come into town just for Christmas Eve. It always helps us reach people. We always have literally dozens and dozens of people respond to Christ. We're going to take our Christmas Eve service. We're going to take it out to two or three locations, and we're going to just take what we do outside. We're still going to do Christmas Eve here. We're going to take it out on a Christmas tour. And one of the big ideas of that is going to be we're going to go into a few communities and just see, just listen, just watch, just kind of keep our eyes and ears open if there would be enough interest, enough momentum for us to start some campuses outside of our church. So everybody say Nets. Nets, you got to put the nets out. Luke 5, verse 5, let me, let me move on in this story. Luke 5, verse 5, Master, Peter replied, we've just come back from fishing all night and didn't catch a thing. But if you insist, we'll go out again. I love the word again. I love the idea of I'll give it a go again. I'll try again. You don't know what's happened in my life, what's happened in my world. Hey, I'm going to encourage you today, get up and give it a go again. There's, there's something powerful in again. We'll go out again and let down our nets because of your word. Third idea I want to talk about is this, God's touch plus our nets, can produce miraculous results. It takes both. It's not just God's touch. It's your net. It's not just your net. It's God's touch. And they say to Jesus, if you insist, (laughs) we'll go out again. We'll let down our nets just because you said so. In spite of previous efforts that came up nothing, that yielded meager results, we'll give it a go one more time. You never know what's going to happen to you. You never know what's going to happen in your world if you go again. I don't think you can ever go wrong trying to step out and obey God's word. You're never going to hurt yourself there. And the Bible says that they caught this overwhelming catch because they let out their nets and the word of Jesus released power into their life. The same nets, the same boat, the same guys, just one more go, and there was a miraculous, awesome catch abundance that came into their life. Maybe your abundance is in your next again. I think I'm preaching that better than somebody's amen. Maybe your next catch is in your trying again. And I think it's important. We're always going to give our best to create our, the systems and the processes and the nets and the, all the plans and the ideas, 
But how many of you know there's got to be that necessary touch of heaven? There's got to be that God factor that's on us. So I want to invite you into a couple things that I think create the God factor for our church anyway. And I think it would be good for you as a person. One is we have pre-service prayer every Sunday, 8.45 to 9 o'clock, 15 minutes. It's a beautiful time. We probably average between 50 and 60 people in that prayer meeting right now. I want to invite you to be a part of that, and let's get up to 100 people in that prayer meeting every Sunday morning. Just come out. Come out at 845, and you might say, well, Pastor Ben, I don't come to church till." Well, come, pray, then go to McDonald's, or can't go to Chick-fil-A. <laughs> and just be a part of it. Just hang out. And then the, this this uh, Wednesday, our mega worship night, is not, it's a great time to worship, but it really is our church's big prayer meeting. And I just want to encourage you to come. We're going to pray over all these nets. We're going to join together and be a part of that. Don't be the kind of person that says, well, I'm not the praying part of the church. We're all the praying part of the church. I'm not the worshiping part of the church. Wait a minute. We're all the worshiping part of the church. This Wednesday night is going to be awesome. The story continues, Luke 5, uh, verse 6 and 7. So when they pulled up their nets, they were shocked to see a huge catch of fish, so much that their nets were ready to burst. They waved to their business partners in the other boat, help, could you help a brother out? They ended up completely filling both boats with fish until their boats began to sink. Number four idea is partnership matters a lot. Come on, abundance is in the nature of God. Jesus takes five loaves and two fish, feeds 5,000 men. Some people say 20,000 people. Jesus causes this more than enough abundance to come in. But to gather the abundance required a partnership. Everybody has to understand this concept. You can never do the will of God alone. I'm going to try again because some people think it's all just me and Jesus is all that matters. But the truth is, God's got a piece of your future, your destiny, your life in somebody else. You can't do it alone. you you got to have those God-given destiny partners that are with you on that journey. we got to understand something. Church is not just a place to come consume blessings. Right, this, this is not for a person to come be a consumer, uh, to evaluate and then go to another place and consume and evaluate. Ultimately, God wants every Christian to actually become a partner with a church family to do the work of the ministry. 
Now, this might not be your church, and that's okay, but you better find one somewhere, somehow. And if no church is good enough for you, well, I like, well, there's one church that I follow. They have a, they have a little motto for one of the parts of their church. If you ain't helping, you ain't helping. In other words, if you're just attending, come on, we don't, we don't just go to church, we are the church, yeah. right? Like, it's, so if this is a worshiping church, it's because we worship. If this church place is full of love, it's because we love people. Uh, if this church is trying to reach people who are going to spend eternity somewhere, we do the reaching. Anybody hear what I'm saying? Partnership matters a lot. Don't try to do the will of God alone. And I want to encourage you. Second service, you have a bit of a reputation. I'm going to encourage you to bring your faith to church. I want to encourage you to bring your worship to church. I want to encourage you to bring your love to church. I want to, I want to encourage you to bring your expectation to church. Hey, listen, if we're having a good meeting, it's because all of us are having a good meeting. If we're having a bad meeting, it's your fault. No. We, we do this together. Partnership matters a lot. I believe God is calling some of us out of stagnation into partnership. Calling us out of being a consumer into being a contributor. All right, I blessed everybody I could bless with that idea. Last point, Luke 5, 8 through 10. When Simon Peter saw this astonishing miracle, he knelt at Jesus' feet and begged him, go away from me, master, I'm a sinful man. In other words, he's saying, I don't deserve this. Simon Peter and the other fishermen, including his fishing partners, Jacob, John, the sons of Zebedee, were awestruck over the miracle catch of fish. Jesus answered, do not yield to your fear of not being good enough, Simon Peter. From now on, you're going to catch men for salvation. My last idea that I want to share today is this. God's awesome abundance is given because he's good, not because we are. I love this response from Peter. Jesus, you're freaking me out. I, I don't deserve this. It, I want you to notice that it wasn't Jesus setting Peter straight about what a sinful man he was. 
It was actually the abundant blessing of God that made Peter go, I don't don't deserve this. Seasoned fishermen, awestruck by the abundance. Jesus says to them, I believe he says to you, I believe he says to our church, I'm going to give you a, a miraculous catch. But Jesus didn't bless Peter because Peter was good enough. Jesus was good enough. I think we all have this fear. I'm not good enough. I need to do better. I need to try harder. I need to step it up. But what I love about Peter here is he just made himself available. He just said, okay, I'll give it a go. Just an hour ago, I tried, but it didn't work. And I want to point out an aspect of this that I think is important because I'm a big believer in sowing and reaping. I believe it's an operational law for the kingdom of God. What you sow, you reap. But I want want us to see that this wasn't a harvest that came because of Peter's goodness, something he did. This was a catch. This is a miraculous catch. I'm going to give you a miraculous catch. So you might, I'm going to put this out for you. What, What can you do? Number one, you can pray. You can connect with heaven. You can pray with our church, but you can also pray at the house. That's a good thing to do. Second thing is, I really am asking you to prayerfully consider a very strong endeavor offering and a commitment next week. We're going to come together. It's going to be a great moment. It's going to help us move forward. It's going to help us provide for others what has been provided for you today. Right? Somebody created this future. It's not even here now. They've moved to Minnesota. Minnesota. But they help create this for you. You could create it for somebody else. I, and you got to realize all these nets that we're going to cast out this year, they all cost something. The gospel's free, but it costs resources to get it somewhere. Just like water's free, but it costs something to get it to your house. Amen. Pastor Kirk, that's a good idea. And then the last thing I want to say is, I just want to encourage you to get involved. Like, quit just being a consumer. Just quit just being an attender. Quit just being an observer. Get on one of these teams. You, you could lead a small group, or you could help make coffee, right? You, you, could, you could help. Come on, you're an introvert, but you're techie and nerdy. We'll put you in a back room, and you can help us with our online stuff. Come on. There's a lot of stuff you could do to be involved in the cause, in the mission. I want to pray together. Would you close your eyes? Would you bow your heads, please? Let's take a moment, pray together. Father, I'm praying for every person in this room that feels stuck, that knows it's time to launch out again, and that there is a miracle catch in the again. So I'm praying, God, families, praying for people in business. I'm praying 
for people who have dreams and aspirations that you will stir faith and you will ignite something new and fresh in every one of us today. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I just want to do what I think is the most important part of this meeting for someone. Maybe you've never surrendered to Jesus before. Maybe you've never just said, yes, Lord, to him. Not, not getting your act together, just surrendering to the Lordship of Jesus. Maybe you're here today. There was a day when you used to be surrendered to Jesus, but you know you're not where you want to be, where you used to be, where you know you could and should be. Today would be a great day for you to come home. Maybe you feel unsure about where you stand, but I just want to pray. I want everybody leaving this room today with a sense of confidence. My life is in the hands of an exceeding, abundant, beyond God. If that's you, you want to surrender to Jesus, come back to him, or just be sure that you're right with him, I want you to raise your hand real high and say, that's me. Would you pray for me? God bless you. God bless you. Come on, anybody else? God bless you. Just be honest right now. Not asking you to get, God bless you. Not asking you to get your act together. Just asking you to open your heart. Asking you to surrender. Anybody else? Thank you all over the room. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much. We're for you guys. Let's pray a prayer together. It's for every person that lifted their hand, but I'd love for us all to pray together. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I open my heart, I open my life to your love, to your lordship. I need you. I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned, but I come to the cross where you paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start. It's a new beginning as I surrender to you. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, can we thank the Lord?